0: A solitary man has decided to start a Black Lives Don't Matter movement, so Black Lives Matter will have something to protest about. Saul Schmendrick of West Falls, New Jersey, says he feels BLM has suffered too long from the fact that everyone agrees that Black Lives Matter, and he wants to give BLM a more legitimate reason to encourage the riots that destroy the businesses and lives of just those innocent black people whose lives actually matter. In a statement released to his mother's basement, Schmendrick said, quote, It is clearly an act of systemic racism that there is no systemic racism to protest in this country so that when Black Lives Matter agitators protest systemic racism, they just look like the sort of thugs people who are part of systemic racism would be racist against if there were systemic racism. My new Black Lives Don't Matter group will provide systemic racism so when Black Lives Matter protests systemic racism, they won't make people feel that they're just burning stuff for no reason, which is what they would be doing if there were no systemic racism, which there isn't. So now there is. Unquote. In the first meeting of Black Lives Don't Matter, attended by Schmendrick and a three-inch high plastic figure of Bowser from the Super Mario games, as well as all the characters from the Phantom Menace in the form of collectible action figures, the organization issued a manifesto saying, quote, because we as Americans are not racist and only wish black people well, we hereby issue a racist manifesto so BLM won't look ridiculous when they go out and declare that America is racist and doesn't wish them well. We also applaud violent police officers because no one else is doing that, so when Black Lives Matter pretends that every Everyone is doing that, it makes us all feel kind of embarrassed for them. Unquote. Black Lives Matter issued a statement thanking Schmendrick for his contribution to their cause, then burned his mother's house down. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is the Andrew Clavin Show. I hunky donkey, life is Birds are ringing, also singing, hunky dunky Shaped, dipsy topsy The world is a bitty zing It's a wonderful day Hooray, hooray It makes me want to sing Oh, hooray, hooray yeah. Oh,
1: hooray, hooray
0: all right. I hope you had a safe weekend. Uh, we're glad you're coming on to the YouTube channel, the Andrew Claven YouTube channel. Please subscribe. It helps us. We're watching your comments there. We have one today from uh, Blue Dog who says, woohoo, how do you spell Claven E goodness? And he spells it K-L-A-V-A-N E. It's obviously with a Y because... Why? Because there are no E's in play. No so, <laughs> that's right. That's the answer to why. There's a why. In the, never mind. Uh, here, as they say on Twitter, is a serious question. Why is it that every cause that is taken up by the left almost immediately devolves into nonsense statements and absurd demands? It's not enough to say transgender people shouldn't be bullied. We have to pretend that a transgender woman is a woman and should be allowed to harm the lives of actual women by using their bathrooms and destroying their sporting events. It's not enough to say we should take care of the environment. We have to declare climate change will kill us all in 12 years unless fossil fuels are banned — fossil fuels, which are part of everything we do. And now it's not enough for us to understand that blacks and the police have a troubled relationship. It's not enough for us to feel anger and dismay at the rare but still unforgivable killing of people by the occasional bad cop. Instead, we're supposed to talk about defunding the police, which would obviously sentence people in poor neighborhoods to gangsterocracy of mass murder and rape. In rich neighborhoods, they just get private police. But in poor neighborhoods, you'd be screwed. Decent people try to join the conversation. They try to acknowledge existing problems and offer solutions, but you can't have a conversation with idiots. Women or men, end fossil fuels, defund the police, and if you don't agree you're a hater or a science denier or a racist, it's gibberish. And now we're stuck screaming at real and online mobs who try to destroy us if we won't pretend that gibberish is not gibberish. This happens so often, in fact, it happens all the time, so I have to believe that it's somehow the object of the exercise. Leftists want us to argue about destructive garbage instead of having constructive dialogues about real problems. The idea, obviously, is not to help blacks or gays or women or transgenders or the environment. The idea is to get us all screaming at each other while the left manipulates their black and female and gay and transgender pawns in order to expand their power and move our culture toward the sort of violence they can use to impose tyranny. We are absolute fools to enter such a system. We have to learn to beat it. We'll talk about this a lot more, but first, let us talk about our friends at Stamps.com. Obviously, if you want to go to the post office, this is no time to go to the post office. This is the time to have the post office brought to you in your computer, and that's what Stamps.com does. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save some money with discounts that you can't even get at the literal real-life post office. As if that weren't enough, Stamps.com also offers UPS services. with discounts of up to 62% and no UPS residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or anywhere else you're hunkering down right now. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease, and like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts, too. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Claven. That's stamps.com and enter Claven. You will be able to send a letter to anyone you want saying, How do I spell Claven so I can get this wonderful deal? It's K L A. I'll tell you for free. It's K L A V A N. There are no E's in Claven. <laughs> so. You know, I want to enlarge on this idea a little bit because it just pains me. It pains me to see people trying to have a conversation with radicals when they're clearly manipulating the conversation. So it's not a conversation. They're manipulating the conversation to make it go insane. Every civilized society, every civilized society is based starts with two ideas. I mean, just go back and read. Creation myths, go back and read uh, stories about the founding of civilizations. They all begin with two ideas. One is that some rules have to be established to govern the relations between the sexes because women get pregnant and children have to be taken care of. And so there's always some rule, mostly to protect women, but also to just protect the relationship and decide who's going to take care of the children. There's always some rule about that at the start of civilization. The other rule that always is there at the start of civilization is that you're going to hand the right of vengeance off to the state. You're going to give to the law the power to punish crimes, okay? Because otherwise you wind up in Afghanistan where there are tribes that have been fighting for 300 years over a rape that took place in 1500, 1400 and and then the other tribe hurts them and then that tribe hurts them and you just have war going on forever. And so you always start civilizations by saying, you know, that we're going to have a court system, a legal system. The left is attacking both those things, and I have to believe that that is the point. The point is that civilization is in their sights, okay? And we're always being put in a position where we start in goodwill to acknowledge certain problems. You know, yeah, it must be tough for decent black guys to get stopped by the police so often. That sounds tough. And then there's a bad killing, like this one that happened recently, and suddenly those two things get conflated. It's, those are not the same thing. Those are not the same thing. That bad cops sometimes kill people is a truth and it it happens more percentage-wise in white communities than it happens in black communities, but never mind that, or, or mind that. I mean, those are the facts. We can talk about the facts. But the fact that black people have a troubled relationship with the police because there's so much crime in black neighborhoods is something you can talk about. But you can't talk about defunding the police. I mean, that's just a nonsense thing that's going on. I mean, if you want to take a look at Minnesota, which is now a war zone, it just now looks like Dresden after the firebombing, and now they're talking actually about defunding the police. What do you think that's going to look like? You know, thanks Democrats, thank you for, you know, nobody will be left in that city, and nobody's going to live that way, it's just not going to happen. But this is, you know, this is what they talk about, and so how can you have a conversation with them? Obviously, conversations are not the point. Part of this is stupidity, part of it is there are massive infrastructures funded by by left the leftist establishment that don't work infrastructures of welfare, infrastructures of Medicare, infrastructures of things that keep black people dependent and keep them from going out and taking responsibility for themselves, which is the only way you can save yourself. And those are being protected by the establishment. And then there are leftists who make a common cause with the establishment because they want to bring the country down into the dirt. And those are the three things that are happening. You get stupid people. I mean, I talk to these white, especially white college students. They're just badly educated. They don't think well. Then you have the establishment that has a lot of power and money wrapped up in this, and then you have the leftists who want to bring everything down. And so they're not trying to have a conversation. So let's start by looking, taking a closer look at at Black Lives Matter. Our own Paul Bois took the time to go on the Black Lives Matter website and looked at the page called What We Believe, okay? Because, you know, Black Lives, they're so good. The left is so good at communicating. It's so good at narrative making. And you have this thing, Black Lives Matter, Who doesn't believe that black lives matter? I mean, some people object all lives matter, but I get it. I get it. You know, they think they think there's a special problem with blacks and they just want to make sure everybody knows black lives. Matter. Great slogan. What do they actually believe? So he goes on and he says he looks at this, the what we believe page. And at first, he says their express mission is relatively straightforward, working to expose and prevent police brutality, unjust deaths at the hands of vigilantes and general racism endangering black lives. Who could be against this? He said, but a little over halfway through the page, the organization then transitions from the subject of black lives and begins discussing content regarding gender identity and family structures, subjects seemingly outside the original framework of Black Lives Matter and outside the sympathy of most black people or many black people. So here's what it says. I'm quoting now from the page as collected by Paul. We are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege <laughs> and uplift black trans folk. This is a big, big, big problem in the black community is not uplifting black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. We build a a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. But listen to this. We make our spaces family friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so they can mother in private, even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents and children are comfortable. We foster a queer affirming network When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual. Now, (laughs) that's what you're supporting when you support Black Lives Matter. The biggest problem, or as Larry Elder would say, the first 10 problems in the black community are fatherless children. Children whose m- fathers did not marry their mothers and are now left with a billboard saying maybe you should do some fathering today instead of a father who is in the home. Your dad is so important. You have to be able to smell him. You have to be able to see him. You have to be able to put your hands on him. He can't be there in principle. He's got to be there in practice and he ought to marry your mother. So when they go after the cisnormative Western uh, generalization and they want instead you know, villages, village, well, think of the places where they have villages. You know, they have villages in Africa where violence against women is endemic. It is endemic in Africa. Women are beaten like drums in Africa. This is a truth. Whereas here, it's 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 better. It is better to live a civilized life. So if civilization, you know, this goes I'm not going to go back into the philosophy of it. It goes back to Rousseau. It's an absolute nonsense that somehow there's some natural life that is better than civilization. Civilization is better. So this is what they're selling. They're selling stuff that will make black lives worse. There is no reason to support Black Lives Matter. They're simply a mask for the left. They're simply the left wearing a mask. And leftism is against civilized society and certainly against the West, which is the best civilized society, because the ideas are better. The ideas in the West are better. When we when we talk about, well, other societies are good. What we usually say is, oh, yeah, they they mimic the West. When we say, you know, Uh, Islam is the religion of peace, what we're saying is it's a religion like Christianity. You know, when we we say, oh, you know, the family is so important, you know, when they made that Dances with Wolves and they showed the Native Americans being loving fathers and loving family, you know, I'm not saying they're not, but I'm saying they, they are at least the good things are all coming out of that idea, those ideas that are Western ideas. So here's Michelle Obama making her speech to the 2020 graduates, to the class of 2020. This is cut number 11.
1: When it comes to all those tidy stories of hard work and self-determination that we like to tell ourselves about America, well, the reality is a lot more complicated than that. Because for too many people in this country, no matter how hard they work, there are structural barriers working against them that just make the road longer and rockier. And sometimes it's almost impossible to move upward at all.
0: Now, here's one of the most popular people in America who moved upward and got a law degree and became the first lady of the United States, telling the people behind her that they don't stand a chance. They've got no chance. Only the white man can help them. Only the establishment can help them. You cannot take your life into your own hands. It can't be done because the system is against you. On Mark Levin's uh, show, what's it called, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox, he had Shelby Steele. Now, Shelby Steele is one of my favorite writers. He's a wonderful prose writer, uh, and he, uh, he publishes so little. I've never understood why. He publishes these little tiny books, but he's a brilliant, brilliant writer and a student of these issues. And here is what he said to Mark Levin. See if you can
1: spot the difference. I would be happy to, to, to look at all the usual bad guys, the police and so forth. If we had the nerve, the courage, to look at black people, to look at black Americans, minority Americans, and say, "You're not carrying your own weight. You're, you are you're going to go have a fit and a tantrum and demonstrate and so forth," uh, and yet you're not you're not doing. Are you teaching your child to read? Are you making sure that the school down the street actually educates your child? Uh, are you uh, are are you becoming educated and following a dream in life and making things happen for yourself? Or are you saying I'm a victim and uh, I'm owed and the entitlement is uh, is inadequate? So the last thing I want to play about
0: this, I mean, there's Shelby Steele speaking, you know, Completely rationally, what are you doing? You're out here protesting, asking for stuff. Did you make sure your kid can read? Did you make sure that when your girlfriend had a baby that you married her, took care of that child? Are you being an activist about the schools in your neighborhood? Are you fighting for charter schools? Are you doing anything for yourself? Or is it all just people have to help you because Michelle Obama said it's impossible? All right. I just want to show you Brandon Stratka. We had him on the show. He's a good guy. He's from the uh, walk away movement. He's a guy who was red-pilled, a gay guy who was red-pilled, basically, and said th- 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 all his hope was on the right. He went to a BLM movement and, of course, a BLM uh, protest. And, of course, it's all angry white people, and they're holding up signs and pushing the signs in his face and all this. And he confronts them with the facts. And I just want to play this incredible video for you.
1: I need you You don't know. to understand your privilege <laughs> and the fact that your skin color does not get you... Killed.
0: Okay, can we talk about statistics and numbers and data and facts and evidence? Wait, 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 what are me? the numbers?
1: What are the numbers for you guys? Right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. On. No. No. no, no,
0: no. What are the numbers? I'm Please. gonna tell you. The number of unarmed black people who were killed by police last year was nine. That's point zero 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 two two percent of the entire black population. The number of white people who were killed by the unarmed white people killed by the police last year was nineteen. Nineteen. So. And the number of white people who are killed by police every year is double the amount that's killed by black people You're every.
1: you literally disgusting.
0: Because the facts that I'm giving you don't align with your, your cult narrative. What is it about me that disgusts you? You're angry You're because I told you facts.
1: You're f***ing privileged.
0: <laughs> so, so obviously she, he's right. She's angry because she told him facts. She and and the hysteria and the pushing the sign at him so that you know that he like he can't even look at her face, which is masked anyway. The problem is when decent people like David French over at the National Review, he wrote a piece, he's, he's adopted an Ethiopian child and had, by having an Ethiopian child, and I know a couple of people in this position who have adopted uh, children of, you know, who are people of color, as they say now, or black, and, and they experience the racism. They see, oh yeah, the racism is real. The racism is real. People are racist. People suck. You know, this is this is one of the great insights of Christianity. You suck. I suck. This is a great insight. It's real. But the problem with that is... David is having a conversation that's not going on. He's like, he went to the party where people are talking about astrophysics and he's talking about the movies, right? He's talking about solving problems, real things that are happening, things that we can have compassion about, things that we can be on the same page about. That's not the point. When you start to talk about defunding the police and leaving people enslaved to violence and murder, you do not care about black lives. You only care about power, because what erupts out of chaos, we know it. Plato told us we've always known it. What erupts out of chaos is tyranny, and that is the the ultimate aim. We can see it. We can see it coming to pass. All right, we will talk about this defunding the police thing in just a minute. But first, let us talk about something much more pleasant, which is liquid IV. Liquid IV is an easy, healthy solution for dehydration. I know about this stuff. I I sweat hard. I work out hard. I still work out hard. You got to hydrate yourself. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. Tastes good, too. It really is a good tasting stuff. Each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water plus vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. I can't tell you how important this is because I don't do it enough. I don't hydrate it enough. And frequently I'll just suddenly think, I'm exhausted. What what's going on? Do I need to take a nap and then I'll hydrate. You get some of this Liquid IV and you suddenly, oh you're, oh no, I'm awake, I just needed to be hydrating. Proper hydration can also boost your imi- immunity. One serving of Liquid IV provides the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water, and it contains five essential vitamins. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Claven at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code Claven at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today today at liquidiv.com promo code Claven. You can also find them nationwide at Target, Whole Foods or Costco. You want to have that IV so you're thinking clearly and you can remember how to spell Claven because it's K-L-A-V-A-N. That's that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Minneapolis is bombed out. It's gone. All right. Minneapolis is just, uh, it, it looks like parts of Detroit, basically. Detroit's worse. And the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Frey, who was another one of these metrosexual guys like Justin Trudeau, who looks like Justin Bieber and Jacob. You never see Justin Trudeau and Jacob Frey at, at the same meeting. So maybe they're actually the same person. He lets the city burn down. He goes to the coffin of uh, George Floyd. And he, he kneels there and he sobs like he's Brian Stelter. I mean, really. I mean, all he needed was a skirt and to shave his head and he would have been Brian Stelter sobbing at, at, at the grave. Then he goes to this meeting. And he's danced with the protesters and all this stuff. And he goes to the mob and apologizes. And this is the way they treat him This cut 14
1: Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What yes. did I say? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want no more police. Is that clear? I do not support an police. All right, get the f*** out of here. Go, go, go. Get out of here. Go, go, go. Go, go. go, go. go out, Jacob, go. Out, Jacob. go. go.
0: That's amazing stuff, I mean the lack of humanity, even I, even I would not humiliate the guy in public like that, though in private I might tell him what, what I thought of him, but the lack of humanity is astounding, and it's based on the fact that they're living in this philosophy, they're living in this imaginary world where you can defund the police, whatever you want to do, this perfect world that they're going to build, and you are just standing in the way. Human beings, actually, actual lives that matter, whether black or white or anything else, are actually just standing in the way. Of utopia because human beings are always standing in the way of utopia because we're flawed and sinful and broken. And so we're always in the way of every utopian scheme. And ultimately they start to, to basically wipe you out and, and stomp on you, right? So they've humiliated this poor guy. who's He let him burn down the city. He sobbed at the grave. He did everything he's supposed to do, but they're not having that conversation. They are not having that conversation. So now they're talking about destroying society. They're talking about defunding the police. And the Minneapolis City Council says they're they're going to do it. They say they've got the votes to do it. Here's Ilhan Omar, and, and AOC is also on board with this. These, these two nuts, the squad, Are on board with what is going to destroy the lives of black people like nothing else you've ever seen. It is going to be an absolute disaster if they pull it off. Here's Ilhan Omar delivering this to a cheering crowd of lunatics, right? And that, the lunacy is the point. The lunacy is the point because you can't argue with lunatics. You can only, they can only call you racist and like that lady did to Brandon Stocker. They can only scream at you and yell at you and dehumanize you because otherwise they have to say, oh, I'm a lunatic. So here's Ilhan Omar being a lunatic and playing to the lunatics. I will call sign on funding a police department that continues to brutalize us and I will never stop saying not only do we need to disinvest for in police but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department the Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root and so when we dismantle it we get rid of that cancer and we allow for something beautiful to rise and that reimagining allows us to figure out what public safety looks like for us. What public safety looks like for you is the police there's no other way it's either the police or it's gangsters i mean we know this we know this mexico is run like that you know parts of mexico are just dominated by the gangsters ruled by the gangsters if it ain't the police if it's not an official organization if we do not hand over the right to revenge over to the state we know what it looks like it looks like afghanistan and it will minneapolis can turn into afghanistan like that i mean they they can do this stuff in a heartbeat so there's a moment Alison Camerata on CNN is is talking to a Minneapolis councilwoman, Lisa Bender, and there's this moment of clarity when suddenly a little light bulb goes on in Alison's head and she says maybe there's some problems with this whole defunding the police thing. Listen to the response. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call?
1: Yes. I mean, I I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors and I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done.
0: It's an amazing amazing response. I mean, you got to love it. You got to love insanity. I mean, insanity at least is funny. But, like, basically, what she's saying is if you, if Allison, Allison, if you expect to call the police when a guy comes into your home and rapes you and kills you, you know, if you expect to call, that's just privilege. It's just privilege, you know, because the police aren't, you know, in Chicago, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but in Chicago, they had like a record a record number of shootings this weekend, as they have almost every weekend. So many people shot and we know they're black. We know they're black people. We know they're being shot by other black people. Nobody cares. You know, CNN isn't covering it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about those lives. Who do you think stops those killings from happening? The police. Why do you think they're not there? Democrats, Democrats run that city and they have that city in the iron grip of a machine that doesn't even even have. There's no way into it except through exposing the corruption, except for the feds coming in and putting people away. So here, the other side of this is the police themselves, some of the bravest people in this country. And I've said so. They're bad. They're bad cops. Every good cop will tell you they're bad cops and they're going to be. They're bad. Everybody's right. They're bad. All kinds of people. They're not free of original sin. So an, L- an L.A. councilwoman goes down and tells the police that they're gonna dismantle the police, they're gonna defund the police in L.A., which would be, I mean, bring your marshmallows, folks, because you'll have a lot of fires to roast them by. And here is an L.A. cop finally speaking back.
1: Because of the Black Lives Matter on the, on the front line, on the black box and rattles, box and uh, bottles that have these officers cracking their skulls, is because of them, because of their constant pandering at the police commission, it's a hundred of them, but you guys are listening to them. What about the law-abiding citizens that are law-abiding, they don't break the law. All they want is these officers to protect them. And this is what they do every day. And now you're cutting from these from their families? When they put everything on the line, we're gonna fight, okay? Take care
0: of it at the ballot box. Okay. These, these cops, I mean, these cops risk their lives to keep us safe. There is a thin blue line between civilization and barbarism. There is a thin blue line between civilization and barbarism. And sometimes... You know, we ask the cops not just to handle our failures as a society, our sociological and historical failures. They have to handle on the ground. They didn't cause them. They're getting the last part of them. They're getting the final part. It's like it's like a funnel. You know, we pour in all these problems and the guy comes down who's a criminal and the cop has to deal with that problem. They go out there and they risk their lives and they risk everything. And, and we also ask them to do, which is in some ways is even harder. is because most cops never face a kind of real violence that you see on TV, but we ask them to, take care of our worst people to confront our worst people if you think if Ilhan Omar thinks there's some super world where you defund the police and we reimagine what what law enforcement looks like we reimagine we have we have counselors there you call a counselor if you get raped and killed that's that's great you know if you think that that's the way it is it's because if you can have that imagination it's because the cops keep you safe enough to be that stupid the cops deal with the things so you don't have to deal with them. They see the children who are being abused. They see the women who are being abused. They see the men who are being shot and, the, and children being sucked into those stupid gangs where they become criminals and end their lives to spend most of their lives in prison. They see all that. They deal with all that. They deal with it in any way they can think. And sometimes, as I say, of 800,000 policemen, you're going to have, that's a lot of bad cops. If Any group of 800,000 people is going to have a lot of bad people in them. But so many of them are good and we ask them to do so much. And then we spit on them. And then their leaders, the people who are supposed to govern the city, spit on them and turn their back on them and talk about the funding, the funding them and make them the, the villains for their failures, for their failures. It's their failures. This is, these are left governed cities. These are Democrat states. These are blue states governed by Democrats with cities governed by Democrats. Some of them haven't seen a Republican governor for years. And that's the problem that the police inherit. And then we spit on them that's a fantasy that's a that's an absolute recipe for disaster all right more about this in the double standard in just a second but first let us talk about a way to improve your life and take a responsibility for your life and improve it by using ashford university if you're if you're working, if you're stuck at home, if you have other things to do, you still can dream big with Ashford University. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule at Ashford Expert faculty teaches you real-world skills from real-world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like Business Administration, Healthcare Administration, and Psychology. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to help make your dreams a reality. Dare to dream big, your tomorrow starts today at Ashford University. There's no No fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Andrew. That's ashford.edu slash Andrew. Ashford.edu slash Andrew. Not all programs are available in all states, but please use Andrew so they know I sent you. All right. Also, while I'm talking about this, we have a... um, (laughs) <laughs> we we have a, pro, a program now called the Reader's Pass. And this is really useful. When you can't get the real story from the news and you can't get the real story from the news, you have to go outside the narrative and get the facts. So if you're a political junkie set on getting both sides of the story, get a Reader's Pass today from dailywire.com and you'll get access to exclusive op-eds from us, your podcast hosts, as well as guest writers and in-depth analysis from our Daily Wire reporters on top of our regular breaking news. Like that story I read by Paul Bois. It's a great story that you get with a reader's pass. This membership tier is already a bargain at $3 a month, but if you join today, you get your first month for 99 cents. You also get access to our mobile app and receive push notifications for breaking news and special content, as well as join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content. That's mobile, ad-free access to all of the Daily Wire news and just one buck. And best of all, your dollars are getting you the news you need without the left to spin. So head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join Today, Go to DailyWire.com and, and subscribe, and that way we get to talk to you more. I'll be on All Access tonight, so you can come on All Access and talk to me if you're a Daily Wire subscriber uh, for All, an All Access tier. Come on over. The other thing that makes conversation impossible is this insane double standard that is insane double standard that is now pervasive throughout the communications industry. The fact, the fact that movie stars can get up at Oscar nominations and diss one half of the country, the fact that every comedian disses one half of the country, disrespects one half of the country. And now journalists, journalists have essentially abandoned their task of gathering the truth in an objective manner. They're saying, oh, that's part of white privilege. Objectivity is part of white privilege. Well, crap. If it is, if it is, then it's a privilege that we should share with everybody. (laughs) If that's if that's part of white privilege it's a privilege we should share with everybody. The New York Times, a former newspaper, and it is now truly a former newspaper, essentially chased out their op ed editor for running a piece by Tom Cotton. And the reason they did is they apologized like 14 times for running a piece by Tom Cotton saying, yes, call out the military if you need them uh, to to suppress the looting and the riots. They pretended they would defend they were gonna defend a diversity of opinion. And then what happened, okay, in every newspaper, news side. is different than the opinion side, right? In news side, they're covering one thing. In opinion side, they cover another. And there's supposed to be a wall between those two things to keep them pure, to keep the reporting pure and objective on one side, and to keep the opinions free and uh, able to express what they want on the other. If you take a look at the Wall Street Journal, which is still run like that, which ran today, by the way, an op-ed by a far, far left-wing radical uh, basically defending Antifa and Black Lives Matter, I don't think anybody is after the Wall Street Journal to fire their, op-ed editor for running that piece. Nobody is, because conservatives want free speech. But the left does not want free speech. And, and then, and what? so what happened to the New York Times was that the news side, which is all these 20-year-old social justice wa- warriors, went in to the uh, op-ed side and told them, oh, we don't feel safe when you run opinions that we disagree with. These are reporters telling opinion writers that they don't feel safe because they heard an opinion they disagree with. When I was in, I was a newspaper man very briefly, but for a year I was a newspaper man. I ran, once ran into a burning building so I could get pictures and see what was going inside the burning building. I came out and the other reporter turned to me and said, you are out of your mind. But reporters did that stuff. They they were brave. Reporters were actually heroic. These guys are whooshes. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm unsafe because you have an opinion. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And by the way, anyone who is listening to this and thinking, oh my God, the left can't even listen to an opinion they disagree with. I expect your apology for yelling at me for having Jonah Goldberg on. I expect I will be waiting by my mailbox for your apology. Oh, sorry. We act for a moment there. We lost our minds and acted like the left. Here is Tom Cotton talking about his op ed is cut nine. We've published op-eds in the New York Times before. It was the exact same process. And again, the senior leaders of the New York Times publicly defended the decision to publish the op-ed after this woke mob began to rise up. It was only after another day of infighting that they finally backpedaled. They still haven't identified any facts that are wrong in the op-ed. They haven't identified what was so rushed about this process. They've only prostrated themselves in front of their young children who are acting like children, yeah. who are acting like kids what? in a social justice seminar as opposed, as opposed to acting like grown-ups in the workplace. Now, here's the face of the social justice warriors, this Nicole uh, Hannah-Jones, who has published the 1619 lie uh, that America was founded to defend slavery. It's a, a complete lie. It's just a lie. And yet it's being taught in classes and she defends it. Well, it's the narrative. It's a good thing. And here she is saying, we can't be objective. We can't be fair to the Republican Party. It's cut seven.
1: What happened is a larger symptom uh, that we're seeing in news organizations across the country, which is they are really struggling uh, to cover in a non in a way that appears to be nonpartisan, a kind of political landscape where one political party has in many ways gone rogue and is not following the rules. But there's a sense if you just cover that straight down the line, you will look like you are picking sides. And so Mm. this uh, adherence to even handedness, both side-ism, the view from nowhere, doesn't actually work in the political circumstances that we're in.
0: So here's the question. If she's coming out and saying the Republicans should not be covered fairly because they're they're rogue, they've gone rogue, you know, it's the Republicans out there burning cities and letting cities burn. It's the Republicans out there talking about defunding the police, talking that men are women. That's the Repu Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. So she's nuts, right? And so anybody who's sane looks nuts to her. That makes perfect sense. But then the question arises, why are you still reading this paper? Why are you reading this newspaper trying to get the news out of it when you know It's going to confirm all your opinions when you know it is simply going to be left wing Democrat talking points. Why are you still reading this newspaper? And how am I supposed to have a conversation with you if that's where you get your news? How am I supposed to have a conversation with you? How are we supposed to have a dialogue? I'll just talk about dialogue and we need a conversation about race. How am I supposed to have a conversation with somebody who thinks that the party that I belong to, the party I vote for, is completely beyond the pale? How is that supposed to go on? You know, it used to be uh, the famous line of Lionel Trilling was there is no intellectual life on the right. Now, there's no intellectual life on the left. All the conversation is happening on the right. All of the intellectual conversation in America, all the conversation about actual ideas that actually take place in the real world are all of them, every single one of them, 100% taking place on the right. You can't have a conversation with people who think you're the devil. You can't have a conversation with people who think you shouldn't even be treated fairly. How can you? How can you have a conversation with people who just stick a sign in your face and scream at you? And if you want to see the kind of the, what this turns into? All right, here's a montage, a little montage. This is cut three, a montage of the way they covered the protests to reopen the country after the Chinese flu. Okay, there's a montage of this. this is cut three.
1: Wearing masks, they are not staying six feet apart, and then they go back home into communities, and the risk of perpetuating the spread of COVID 19 is real. They don't wear masks and they scream with their unmasked faces into the faces of police officers who are also
0: often not wearing masks, which seems risky. These angry, spittle-flecked, mostly men, mostly white, spewing respiratory droplets and indignation. The the president seems to be saying that it's safe to go to the parks and the beaches. Does that argument make any sense to you?
1: No, and I think in, in some
0: ways it really betrays. I think it's a sign of radicalization. And I'm not saying this involves all Trump supporters. It doesn't. It doesn't involve all Michiganders or Long Islanders. But we have seen a segment of society radicalized (laughs) <laughs> so now, of course, there's thousands, tens of thousands of people on the street crushed together, hugging, dancing, talking, screaming, spittle-flecked black men, spittle-flecked white men, the same people, it's all these angry people, nothing, absolute crickets. And a group of health and medical colleagues has pinned an open letter to express their concern that protests around the United States could be shut down. Because of under the guise of coronavirus health concerns. they We created the letter in response to emerging narratives that seem to malign demonstrations as risky for the public health because of COVID-19, according to the letter writers. Instead, we wanted to present a narrative that prioritizes opposition to racism as vital to the public health, including the epidemic response. It's all about the narrative. They don't want to talk about the truth. Listen. Let's just talk about the way the president is treated. Here's the president denouncing the riots, calling people thugs. This is cut number two. When individuals get crowbars and start prying open doors to loot, uh, they're not protesting. They're not making a statement. They're stealing. They're destroying and undermining uh, businesses and opportunities in their own communities. My understanding is, is you've got some of the same organizers now going back into these communities to try to clean up in the aftermath of a handful of protesters, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs who, uh, who tore up the place. Criminals and thugs, huh? That's what a what a racist president we have! Oh wait, that was the last president. I can't remember his name because his legacy, ex- except except for the riots, he does his legacy of riots and anger and bad uh, race relations has lasted. I shouldn't I shouldn't be unfair to Obama. He did he did achieve something in this country. He did set the Middle East on fire, and he did make blacks and whites blacks and whites hate each other again uh, after they came together as one to elect him twice. He did he did screw up race relations in this country. Meanwhile, Trump. You know, I I know people, good people, honest people who can't stand the sound of Trump's voice. The minute he talks, they're like, oh, my God, Oh, listen to him, listen to him. But Trump has been exceedingly sensitive and respectful to Floyd, you know, for Floyd's killing and his memory. He's called it a tragedy. He said that it should never have happened. Uh, he said it filled Americans all over the country with horror, anger, and grief. And he has ordered the FBI and the Justice uh, Department to conduct an expedited investigation into it. And yet, and yet, all we hear about is how he said, if the governors of the states cannot control the violence, I will have to uh, call out the military. And he's getting pushback on that, as if that wouldn't have to happen, as if at some point that wouldn't have to happen. That little governor of Minneapolis is begging him for aid, is begging Trump for aid to rebuild the city he allowed to burn down. That, too, this this double standard makes it impossible. It makes it impossible for us to talk together. It is just absolutely. And and, you know, who are the victims of this? It's, it really is, you know, I've begun to wonder, this may be too optimistic at a moment like this, but I've begun to wonder if this is the 60s in reverse. I mean, they've gone so quickly into the lawlessness, so quickly into the cities falling apart, cities that that Republicans like Giuliani built up into beautiful cities, collapsed. Cities that Reagan and Clinton, uh, the country that Reagan and Clinton uh, brought together and made prosperous, gone. They did it so quickly that I can't help wondering if there'll be a backlash and maybe this will be an anti-60s and we'll start to recover cover our sense of decorum and order. Who has been hurt worse? Who has been hurt worse by the freedom of sexuality? Women have. Women have. Women have been damaged by that. Gays have been made the instrument of oppressive state power, and now blacks are going to be the victims of defund the police. You know, The narrative is killing us. The narrative is killing us. And because we on the right think we're still in a conversation, we think we're still in a decent conversation with decent, compassionate people who care about the problems and want to find solutions. We're talking to ourselves. We are talking to ourselves. We are up against a movement of destruction and division and violence, and they mean it. They mean it when they say defund the police. They mean it when they say we have to stop thinking of women as women. They mean all these things that hurt the people they are using as pawns. They're using blacks. They're using women. They're using gays as pawns for their agenda, and they're hurting them, all of them. All of their hope is on the right. I know there's bad stuff on the right, too. We're not perfect. Uh, you know, obviously, we're, we've all partake of original sin, but your only chance is on the right. And, and, you know, Donald Trump is a problematic guy. I get it. He can be he can be annoying. He can be uh, incompetent. He can be loud. But you got to get over it. You got to get over it because Biden is just a ventriloquist dummy for these people who want to tear this country apart. I got to stop there, but I will be back again tomorrow. I'm Andrew Claven. This is the Andrew Claven show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, give us a 5-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Walsh Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant Director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saevitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production Assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Democrats call to defund the police, as even squishy Republicans learn that Black Lives Matter doesn't really mean Black Lives Matter. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.